continuing our look through Revelation 14. This is day four. We're going to focus on verses 12 and 13 today. Let me begin by reading those verses. This calls for patient endurance on the part of the saints who obey God's commands and remain faithful to Jesus. And then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. We're looking at these pictures together in the book of Revelation, chapter 14. We've seen the picture of a lamb and seen in that picture the truth that he's going to turn our sorrows into a new song. And then we've seen these announcements of the three angels. And these three angels evidence the fact that judgment is coming on this earth that things may seem unfair now, but one day there will be a separation. And depending on my faith, I will either be separated from him or with him. But while we're on this earth, we cannot always see that. While we're on this world that is falling apart, well, Revelation chapter 14, verse 12 begins by saying, that calls for patient endurance. We need patient endurance in a world that's falling apart. We need patient endurance in a world where things are not fair. It's not enough to have false hope or to pretend that everything is okay. Sometimes everything is not okay. Sometimes things are falling apart. Sometimes it is not fair. Sometimes persecution does happen. So what do you do? You ask God for patient endurance. Where do you get it? That is the question to me. Where do you get patient endurance? I believe there is only one way. Let me say it this way. Our enduring patience is based on God's eternal promise. That's the only way. Our enduring patience is based on God's eternal promise. You base patience on anything else, it's going to run out. If you base your patience on your energy, your patience isn't going to last as much as your energy will last. If you base your patience on your good circumstances, your patience isn't going to last as long as your good circumstances last. If you base your patience on your willpower, your patience is going to last as long as your willpower lasts. And all of those things run out. What doesn't run out, what will never run out, is God's promise. His promises will always last. And so you base your enduring patience on the promises of God. Now, as you look through these few verses, just these two verses, there are two entirely different ways of thinking in these verses that help you and I to be people of enduring patience. Just entirely upside-down ways of thinking about life, about this world, that help you to be a person of patience, that help you to be a person that focuses on God's promises. The first entirely different way of looking at life is that death cannot steal your blessings. Now, intuitively, a lot of people think death is the end. It steals all your blessings. You lose everything when you die. Not at all. Not for a believer in Jesus Christ. Blessings have to do with your relationship with him. And that relationship is going to last all the way into eternity. That's why, very clearly, John writes here, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed are those who died, or possibly who were raptured before this verse was written, but also blessed are those who would die from this point. He's saying there's no evil in this world. There is no evil in this world that can take away the blessing of eternity. Now, it's interesting to me, as you look through the New Testament, there are a group of people in the book of Thessalonians that Paul is writing to who had been concerned that those who died before Jesus came again were somehow going to lose the blessing of being with Jesus for eternity, that only those who raptured would get that blessing. And so Paul writes 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 to tell them, no, 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 those who have already died, they have not lost the blessing. And now here we have 
In Revelation 14, John writing to some people who were thinking, well, maybe those, uh, maybe those who die after the rapture, maybe those who die during this period of tribulation, maybe they're not gonna have the blessing. And John writes to give them the same assurance. It just comes again and again and again. Death cannot steal your blessings. When you look at life as just this life, then life is terribly unfair. And the wrong people get the blessings. The wrong people seem to win. It's the one who has the most toys. It's the one who has the most land. It's the one who has the most money. It's the one who has the most power. And sometimes that, that group of toys or land or money or power is gained by taking advantage of others and using others. But that is not the blessing of life. That is just the momentary flower that blooms in this life and is gone in a moment. Death cannot steal your blessings. When you realize that, you can hold on to hope. You can have patient endurance. There is a second upside-down way of thinking in these verses that is entirely opposite to the way a lot of us thought as we were growing up, a lot of the way the world thinks, a lot of the way that steals our hope. And that is, your deeds cannot get you into heaven, but they can follow you into heaven. When you realize that, you can have patient endurance. Your deeds cannot get you into heaven, but they can follow you into heaven. Your deeds, the good things that you do, they can't go ahead of you. And they're there all banked up in heaven for you. And God says, wow, look at what a good person you are. I'm letting you in. The only thing that can get you into heaven is the love of Jesus Christ. Because none of us are good enough. None of us have deeds that are good enough to get us into heaven. So you can't bank your deeds ahead of you into heaven. But this verse tells us their deeds will follow them. What does that mean? It's not a matter of salvation now. It's a matter of blessing. It's a matter of reward. We're saved by Jesus Christ. And then we live out the kind of life that he wants us to live. And as I go to heaven, I go just with the blood of Jesus Christ. That's how I enter into heaven, just with the love of Jesus Christ. But then following behind me are the deeds, the blessing, the the things that I have done because I love him. Now, sometimes I do spiritual things because I'm selfish. Sometimes I do spiritual things because I want to be noticed. Sometimes I do spiritual things out of just my own motivation. But there are other times in your life, in my life, when you do something and it's out of your love for him. Oh, the motivation is always a little mixed. We're human beings. But there is in there not only a seed, but also maybe a great measure of love for him. And out of that love for him, you love someone else. You give a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. You reach out to someone who is sick. You care for someone who's in prison. You share the good news with someone that no one else will share the good news with. All those deeds, they follow you into heaven. You see, on this earth... The matter of patient endurance, we struggle with it sometimes because we feel like the good deeds don't get rewarded. The bad deeds on this earth get rewarded and the good deeds don't. Well, it's not time to reward the good deeds yet. They follow us into heaven. Now, if you are trusting your good deeds to go before you into heaven, you are not going to have patient endurance or hope. You're going to be worried and you should be worried because your good deeds are not good enough. But if you're trusting Jesus Christ for salvation, this truth that our deeds somehow follow us into heaven. It's an awesome truth. And in that truth, the phrase right before that says, they will rest from their labor and their deeds will follow them. I just want you to contrast Revelation 14 11 with Revelation 14 13. In Revelation 14 11, we read that there is no rest for the wicked. And here we read there is eternal rest for the saints. No rest for the wicked, eternal rest for the righteous. That's the hope that God has. One day we will rest from our labor, from the work 
of trying to make life work. Now, I believe God has things for us to do in heaven, but it won't be labor. It won't be this kind of work where we feel like I'm not making any progress and it's not working. We will rest from the work of trying to make life work. We will rest from the load of trying to bear up under the unfairness of life. We will rest from the persecution that comes upon those who believe in Jesus Christ. Right now, the rest of the unbelieving world seems to be prospering while believers are being persecuted. What is fair in that? There's nothing fair in that. But the story is not over yet. So how do I hang on to hope in a world where things are not fair? I remember that one day, one day we will rest from this labor. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for the promise of rest. Not just quietness, because heaven will be a place filled with loud noises of joy, but true rest, a rest for our soul, a rest that helps us to realize now everything is working, now everything is right And everything that I do has significance. Everything I do, I can see the significance in the past and all the way into eternity. Thank you for that day of rest that we look forward to. And I pray particularly for those right now who they feel a deep burden, a deep labor in their life because of a sickness that they're facing or a persecution that they're facing or a circumstance financially or personally that they're facing. Lord, let this promise give us hope today. Let this promise... Give us patient endurance today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Tomorrow we're going to talk together about the harvest that is coming. <music>